Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. I'm Elena. And I'm Jekinovia. And we're back with season three. We're here. Yay. I'm so excited. Yay. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though Jekinovia and I have been doing bonus episodes every month, this, the energy already feels different since it's all three of us. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've put like a, you know, season three, episode one. I mean, we've an actually official. never said that. Yeah. An official title. So this yeah. is really exciting. Thanks to all the lovely listeners for all of your patience waiting for us, you know, for the right time to kick this off and we hope that you're going to enjoy this new iteration of the tarot coven which we'll get into in a minute but I thought maybe before that we could just chat a little bit about how we've been since season two like 14 years ago or however long ago that was like Like what, what have we been up to? I mean, Elena, I feel like it's been a long time since listeners have, you know, heard from you. So how have you been? What have you been up to? So first of all, I miss all of you and I miss this. I miss just being a part of the show and hanging out and, you know, connecting with the listeners, but I've just trying to go through getting the used to having a new job. And then, um, my daughter's in online school now, so she's at home more. Um, and I just needed a break, like from social media. Like I was just getting that heavy, like I need a break from social media. Like it's too, I don't know, like the energies felt super, super heavy, like, uh, like late last year. Yeah. 2021. So I'm like, I just need to cut it off. And I went into deep hermit mode, which is probably not the best idea, but I'm learning from that. And, um, I've been getting the really, like this really big pull to go back and study tarot again and Reiki. And so that's kind of like what I've been doing is going back to old books and old journals, listening to old episodes of the coven cat of the the show. Yeah. And (laughs) just trying to refresh because I, I don't know. I just feel like it's that time. Yeah. It's been so interesting. Like I've always had kind of an ebb and flow with my tarot practice, but it's so interesting to hear you say you're feeling called towards things again, like going back to the beginning almost, because that's where I found myself really recently, like going back to the card a day polls, which I wasn't doing for a long time because I was kind of favoring like, oh, it's a new moon. Let me do like a full spread or let me do like a whole like, oh, my God, I have the night to myself. Let me do a whole night of tarot. But really going back to basics has been really rejuvenating as of late. Like, I, yeah, so maybe it's a maybe it's a collective energy. Maybe. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of new people stepping into it too. So I think it's that energy all mixed with. Yeah. Yeah. To bring it in that like wonder and that, you know, Mm -hmm. inspired spark. I love it. Thank goodness. Cause sometimes I feel like we need it. Yes. I love seeing new faces. 
Big All fan. the newbie tarot readers who are joining us, thank you very much. Yes, yeah, benefiting from that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing back that sense of freshness and newness and, like Jackanovia said, wonder. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I love how you're going back to also your own old notes because I think that's going to give you a chance to kind of see how things have changed and how I think as we move yeah. through life and as we move through different stages we kind of change our perspective on a lot of things and a lot of that will be things like the tarot and the symbology that we see it just takes on new meaning so that is so true or like you see something and you're like I forgot I wrote that yeah yeah <laughs> I love it so, when I do that because you're like damn that was good Right? right. Well, there's those uh, there's those situations where you're like, man, I was really deep that day. I was really feeling it. And then sometimes you read it and you're like, you can tell that you had no time and you just wanted to like yeah. scribble something out because you really yeah. found it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, what have I you been up to, Jekinovia? I have been working at I just love my job. I love the people I work with and I've been really immersed in that. Um took quite a break in the fall and for most of the winter it, you know learning to juggle some things had to work through some some health things and and such but uh overall feeling a lot better and kind of more like I've got my feet on the ground and kind of giving myself the space to do whatever I need to do how I need to do it and when I need to do it rather than working on other people's timelines which has been really helpful because as a people pleaser that's a really difficult kind of thing to to work out and juggle so it's like either one extreme or the other before and now I'm finding kind of that balance in between so that's a huge step yeah yeah it's been good yeah that's really inspiring thanks yeah so yeah so that sounds so boring actually compared to no what not at all I mean no that's huge <laughs> though I mean you just explained such a big life process that you I mean that doesn't happen overnight that takes months no. and months to like reframe right. your well, perspective on those things and give yourself and the I, space and like gentleness to move through that. Yeah. And I think too, it, it's kind of coming at it from this, like, I know it's, I'm always going to have that kind of my, my default will always be the people pleaser thing. So it's going to be a lifelong thing. I know it's not like an end right. goal that I'm working towards, but I think just being okay with that too helps. And I'm not stressing about having to change myself I'm just learning yeah. to live with the way I already am so yeah, yeah. embracing that exactly so how about you how have you been Jasmine well I've been good thank you Jack Novia um well, I'm still moving through my uh my astro studies course I'm of course busy with the other podcast Damn Fine TV doing lots of stuff over there um, and as I kind of just mentioned, I've, I've really been finding my way back to tarot recently just by doing those card a day draws. They've been really great. I can't say I do them every single day. Like I'm not, I'm not that into it yet, but most days I'm doing them and I'm finding them really, really beneficial. So that's been a lot of fun. I'm glad I've found my way back to that. And part of that actually has been like finding our way back to the show too, a lot of that seems to be going around. I don't know if you guys are feeling that too, but, and I don't know if I've just been more open to it recently as well, but just that vibe of like things that maybe were on the back burner or things that I might've like really pushed myself for before, 
you know, the first step was being okay, kind of letting them go or letting them be on pause. And then it's been so interesting to see how they're just naturally coming back. And I seem to just Mm. have the space for them. It's just, it's a really cool kind of phenomenon. I love that. It's like, you're just, it's that surrender, right? It's learning how to surrender and just be okay with whatever comes Mm -hmm. your way. And then all of a sudden you're starting to get everything you wanted and you don't even have to, well, not that you don't work for it, but you're not putting in any extra effort. It's just coming more naturally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you're not, you're not straining. You're not pushing yourself in an uncomfortable way or in a way that's like, wait, why am I doing this? And like, what's, what's the reasoning behind the pushing and the straining? Like, is it actually beneficial or am I just burning myself out? Like, that's a much better way to explain it. Yeah. Well, we have just moved into Mercury and Pisces, which I'm like, none of us are going to be able to articulate anything, but we're going to have a lot of great like daydreaming moments. So (laughs) here we are. (laughs) It's going to be a great night. I love it. I agree. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad we checked in. Maybe we should check in with what's ahead for season three, give people an idea of how we're going to move forward. So the structure is definitely changing for the show. That's, I think, part of how we found our way back to it was kind of opening ourselves up to new ideas and new structure and just kind of letting it come and, you know, appear how it wanted to appear. But we're going to try something out for at least the first few episodes. We'll see how it goes. We would obviously love to hear listener feedback on what they think about things. But here's basically what we're going to what we're going to do in every episode. So we're going to kick things off with pulling a card for the season ahead. And that'll be Elena. Elena will pull a card for us for the season ahead. Jekinovia is going to do a mundane magics chat. So I don't know if you want to do, you know what? We'll get a 101. We'll get the brief 411, whatever you want to call it. 11111, all the ones. Like when we actually <laughs> get to ones. that segment. <laughs> and then I'm going to come in with an astro forecast for the season ahead. And then we are still going to cover the major arcana cards, but we're going to cover them a little differently than we had first kind of anticipated. So more on that when we get to that segment. And then we'll round out every episode with some kind of recommendation, something that we're loving lately, whether it's like podcasts or a TV show or music, whatever, Um, just something that we want to shout out. And eventually coming up, we know we still have to do the getting to know Elena episode. So that's going to be coming up around the corner in a little while. And just want to do let people know that we still do have our Patreon kicking and Patreons will get early access to episodes and a free card poll for signing up. And if you sign up before April 22nd, you're going to get a three card poll from Miss Elena herself. So juicy, juicy time to sign up. And I did want to say a big thank you to all of our current patrons, uh, Beth, Melissa and Amelia. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate your patience while we were going through all of the changes, kind of being on on hiatus, kind of not. And if you didn't hear your name in there, but you think you are signed up to the Patreon, we made some changes to the tiers. So you're probably signed up to just like no tier. Check your messages, check your email. If you don't want to stay signed up, totally cool. We totally understand. But there's probably maybe some confusion there. So yeah, just check your messages. Reach out if you have any questions, but. Should we dive into the card poll for Aries season? I'm ready for it. Let's do it. (laughs) 
I'm using the um, Everyday Witch Tarot. Mm. And I love, love Aries season because I feel like, and I, I think you've mentioned this before, um, Jasmine, how it's that season, if you want to initiate projects or initiate something, like this is a perfect energy for it. Oh yeah, uh, big time. And I, I think that's why I love it so much because I notice all that Pisces energy, like all those ideas, all that inspiration, it gets grounded in to Aries season for me personally, and I can take off with it. And I think that's why I just, I love the energy of Aries season. So, and I yeah. know some pretty cool Aries, so I All agree. Right. I know some cool Aries too. Yeah. Yeah. I, know some I mean, badass. they can be impulsive. They can be fiery, but I don't know. I'm Very here for bold. it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You're Me a fire too. sign though. I can see you getting down with other fire signs. Hey, <laughs> you know, you know, you already know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met an Aries who takes any kind of shit from anybody. Absolutely Same not. here. Same here. And I actually, the Aries that I have in mind is the person that inspired me at work to not take shit from anybody, oh, especially awesome. when a doctor's being raggedy. So that's why I go. love my Aries. That's why I love my Aries. All right. So for Aries season, I have the eight of swords. So what I'm thinking with this is we try not to, I guess, I feel like there might be some moments this season where we might put ourselves in this space where we feel trapped or we feel like, well, we can't get out of our own head or we can't get out of our own thoughts. Um, but with the eight of swords and we'll drop a picture in the, um, in the show notes for everyone to see it's this person um, and her hands are tied by her wrist, but they're not loosely tighter in a knot. So it's, it's like knowing that you can get yourself out. And then there's even like a little cat here and a bird. And I'm feeling like that could be our intuition or our spirit guides or something outside that is kind of reminding us that we can get ourselves out of this. We've been here before. We've put ourselves here before in many different forms or situations or people or whatever. And I think that it's just a sign that, um, Keep strong, like, you know, pay attention to the, to that intuition that's telling you um, how to pull yourself out of it. Or if you start to feel yourself getting in there, try to work on steps that you can take to get yourself out of there, or even prevent yourself from like really getting stuck in that self-limited kind of belief. I love that. I can't wait to see a picture of it because of the, uh, the cat and the bird, like, that's the first thing that I noticed when I pulled this card. I've seen this card before. Um, I'm doing this other tarot exercise with chakras. And this was one of, this was my root chakra card. And that was like one of the first things I've noticed is you know, these little animals here and the cat's like tapping the, the sword. So I'm almost feeling like that could be our own self trying to remind us or like our spirit guides will sometimes try to send us little messages to try to get us out of something. Or sometimes um, you're feeling a certain way and somehow either a message will fall into on your feed or you'll see a meme or you'll get a song sent by someone. And it's like that perfect message that you needed. And you're like, oh, I needed that to get out of X, Y, and Z or whatever. So. Yeah. And sometimes like when you're not open to those things coming in, you can miss them really easily. Right. So 
And it's not, I mean, it's easier said than done to be like, make sure you stay all eyes and ears open at all times. Like it's not as easy as just saying that, but maybe that's our, that's our cue to do so for Aries season. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that with these signs is maybe, I, I think sometimes we get into our own heads where we're like, oh, every time I see a, I don't know, a butterfly this is exactly what it means. Well, maybe your signs aren't always butterflies. Maybe you're missing signs because you're too focused looking for something that you're completely missing what's actually being said or what's actually, you know, trying to be passed on to you. Yeah. And like, what a better time to embrace something new than Aries season. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. And I also want to point out how I love how Elena first thing was is like maybe it's you trying to tell yourself something because I think we overlook the fact that we are very intuitive by nature and we Uh can trust that gut feeling and I think so many times if we don't have it we don't attribute it that voice to an outside force like you know your spirit guides or a messenger or you know a, a universal sign we just overlook it rather than trust that we actually know the right answer and we know what needs to be done yeah big time so kudos I like that you started with that Thank you. I'm kind of getting like going back to, you know, how we're talking about going back to the beginning, back to the basics. I feel like um, this could also be maybe this is time to go back and strengthen those uh, intuitive gifts or other psychic gifts that you possess or that you you have um, and sharpen them or see how you can strengthen them. Because I'm also getting that intuitive call is to tap back into, um, you know, all the abilities that, you know, I, I've kind of slowed down. I've just been sticking to tarot and tarot and I've kind of just been, you know, pulling away from everything else. So maybe that could be another coming back around. Well, for whatever reason you saying that made me look at the card and think like, you know, I think we, typically look at the eight of swords and we're like, oh, we need to get out of our own heads. Like we're not, we're not stuck there, blah, blah, blah. And all of that makes sense. All of that still stands. But what if it's also like an opportunity to be like, okay, maybe we do need to stand still for a minute though and check in and be quiet and listen and go back to those basics. That's true. Okay. So what you two just said just made me also think because you're going back to the basics. So it's almost like when you're in something, and I can say this from experience, this happens to me a lot, because I've been reading cards and doing, you know, all kinds of this kind of divination thing for so long, you almost forget if it's almost like you have a blinder to some meanings and some messages that are coming through because you're so set on what you know with all your experience rather than looking at it with those fresh eyes too. So that could be it. that You're just not seeing it because, you know, you're just, you're, you're just not seeing those bare basic fundamentals. You're just trying to see the big picture rather than the little mm-hmm. details. Yeah. I love that. There's a lot there. Well, Jekinovia, if you're ready, I think it's time for a little mundane magic. All right. Okay. As mundane, I think everybody pretty much knows what mundane magic is. It's just like that everyday, uh, quote unquote, ordinary magic. That's It's not like this big ceremony. It's just something you can do in the moment. It just becomes part of your routine, becomes part of your daily life. 
So when I talk about Monday magic, that's what I'm talking about. It can just be like things that you're thinking about, or it can be working on your mental health. It can be, you know, just everyday things that most people may not even notice are magic, which is really helpful to people. Maybe if you have to practice undercover, I think we've talked about this before too. Right. Um, Perfectly fine. There's lots of ways to, to be magical without being you know, Overt on public display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So before we get into it though, I do want to give full disclosure because I was actually really overthinking this and I was starting to get nervous. I got myself into that whole, like, uh, I, I have to not stage or, you know, procure, but like I had to really be careful about how I position this and I tried to make it perfect. So I kind of slid into that old kind of familiar loop. I was feeling like I had something to prove in order to earn, you know, the right to share this space. Right. Um, but I've recognized this thought pattern and I've kind of worked through it. But I feel like it's really important that we openly have this conversation a lot because we're kind of like public figures in a way. And I think it's really supportive of people who maybe struggle with this, but think that they're very alone. And I just want to make sure if we have this platform, I want to make sure that we're opening it up to offer that support. And, and let people know that they're not on their own. It happens yeah. to everybody. You can do this. So let's just Amazing. normalize being scared shitless and yes. doing the damn thing anyway. Yes. Um, you take a minute if you have to, but do the damn thing. Yeah. Awesome. I was I was scared today and it's the end of my day and I did it. So you did it. Yeah. And you're here. Fucking did it. Being amazing as always. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, you both. Oh, love you. <laughs> Our listeners probably are so tired of us always love bombing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love like, you oh, too, listeners. Yeah. I we know. Do. We absolutely do. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our listeners. Yes. So, all right. So, I digress. So, I'm starting, I'm going to try it out. We're going to start with kind of what I've been thinking about for a mundane magic chat. Okay. So obviously right now we're kind of all focused on these spring vibes, which is always that new beginnings and fresh growth and these exciting new starts. But I've been kind of digging into that and I really wanted to turn some attention on to the things that don't grow. So these are kind of like your duds, your non-starters, like these really great ideas that don't quite feel right. Um, Because I think there's a lot of emphasis put on the things that we're growing, the things that we should manifest and, and, you know, starting all these things. But um. I think it's just really important that we're mindful kind of not only the seeds that we're sowing, but what seedlings that we're watering, um, so to speak. It's it's okay to change your mind to decide that something isn't turning out the way you expected, or maybe you just can't manage all the things at once. It's fine to, to cut things out. So how we see this in nature, so in a mundane sense, is not every seed sprouts. Sometimes um, they might overwinter in the ground, come up the following year and you get their, you know, quote unquote, volunteers. Um, others ones, they just decay in the soil and they kind of fade away to nothing. And that's okay. Uh, even kind of out of the ones that sprout, some of them are going to die off. Some of them are going to be really weak. And further along, some of the mature plants are going to get sick. They're going to, you know, be attacked by insects. They're going to be eaten by wildlife. So like you get the idea. It's just because you plant it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to pay out. And it doesn't mean that you have to follow it through right to the end, no matter how much time or energy you put in. Mm -hmm. So taking this into the realm of our everyday life, we can start asking ourselves things like, what kinds of seeds have I planted? Uh, Am I waiting around for like these duds to grow and nothing's happening? Am I nurturing things that really aren't going anywhere? 
how can I fertilize or kind of like pour extra resources into something that shows promise that's, you know, kind of standing on its own, just needs a little extra help? Uh, is there an outside influence that's maybe having an effect on my growth? Or, and, and is this project or is this thing that I'm, I'm trying to grow, is it even savable? Like, is it worth my time to keep nurturing this? Um, and then shining a light. So am I shining enough light on my garden of potential? Am I taking the time and the energy to actually give it what it needs to give it its best shot? And then finally, is it time to uproot and just compost whatever isn't thriving? Like, why am I still doing this? So ways that we, like a spell work that I kind of came up with here was to plant some seeds. But normally now we would be planting seeds with intentions, which you can still do in this. If you want to set an intention, you can write it on a piece of paper, put it underneath the soil and and you can go through the whole process. But the okay. point of this one is to let things go. So you're going to use a small pot of soil. Or you can use, if you don't have that, you can just use like a damp paper towel and just sprout them in that. Ooh. So you're going to see how many seeds. You can get seeds from the dollar store. They don't have to be fancy. You can use ones that you've collected. Yeah. And plant them with the intention of just being okay if some of them don't sprout. Yeah. It sounds really you know, mundane. But it's actually a really powerful exercise yeah. in kind of the way we're looking at things and the intention we're setting and just having the knowledge right from the start that not everything is going to work out the way we want it to. So as these seedlings sprout, the ones that actually do sprout kind of have a discerning eye, keep only the strongest plants and then thin out the no-goes. So if anybody who's gardened, you know, that kind of breaks your heart because you're like, that little plant is trying so hard. But <laughs> You know, the whole point of this exercise is to just recognize when something's just not working. Yeah. And then, so yeah, like I said before, if you wanted to turn this into an affirmation or, or a manifestation thing, you can still write your intentions on your paper or speak them into your seed, however you want to do it. But just keeping in mind that the the whole point of this spell work is to let things go, not necessarily manifest, but to cut out what's not needed or what's not wanted. That sounds so freeing. Just that thought of I'm okay with this potentially not working out, but it's okay because there's a potential for something else to grow around it or I'll just yes. throw another seed in the pot. Like I yes. never, ever thought of it and applying that to my personal life. That's yeah. genius. Right. And, I, and, and the thing to remember about this is, is even though you're going into it knowing it might not work, you're still planting the seed anyway. You're mm. still giving it a shot. You're still trying. Man, that feels like just such a good, such a good long-term. Yeah. It feels like such yeah. a good long-term <laughs> lesson though, that would like, I mean, the more you do that, the more you prepare yourself for the inevitability that not, that not all things work out. Exactly. And and I think that also makes us kind of focus on the fact that failure isn't the end of the line. It just means you got to try something else. In a way, like, okay, so for people that like to really control outcomes and control situations, Mm -hmm. hi, hello, my name's Mm -hmm. Jasmine. I love to have the details and everything down and I'd love to know which way things are going to go. It's important for me to work on releasing that control. But in a way, this is like, reframing. And I mean, I'm going to use the word training. It's not the exact right word, but like training yourself to be better at at being okay with not, with things not working out, which you can kind of trick your brain into being like, I'm actually controlling my quote unquote failures because I'm like in charge of 
feeling okay about them, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're giving yourself permission to, I don't, I don't like the word fail because I just, it, yeah. it feels prickly. Yeah. But no. like, you're just giving yourself permission to not have things work out, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going into it well, without pie in the sky ideas kind of takes a lot of the stress, like, especially like if you're starting a new business or, oh my God, you know, yeah. a new relationship, it takes a lot of the stress and the pressure off. So you can just focus on getting shit done rather than time. Oh, what if this doesn't work. So true. I think we've talked about this a little bit before too, where I, I feel like the word failure can't even really exist because as long as you tried a thing, how could it possibly be a failure? Yeah. It's just different yes. levels of success, I suppose. And you've learned something. Yeah, exactly. And I always feel like it, like you said, it's not a fail because you did it. You tried it. You know, yes. and it's not like you were afraid and you didn't do it and, and you never got to experience that experience to me isn't a fail mm-hmm. because you get to see, okay, I did that. Didn't like the way it went. What could I do different? Or, you know, maybe I d- it didn't work planting it here. Maybe I need to move location yeah, exactly. and do something different. Look at the weather. Look, I know we're not talking about, you know, actual planting, but maybe we are. You know, but yeah. like maybe you just have to look at, you know, other factors, you know. Yeah. I can- I, and that's a really good point is that it also has us thinking like, okay, why did this not work? Was it something I did? Is there something I could have done better? And taking that responsibility, which actually fits because, and I, I should have mentioned this at the start because we discussed this during our meeting that I was going to do a tea leaf reading with the mundane magic. So I'm just looking at that. And Elena, what you were just saying, just like, kind of taking that responsibility on and figuring out maybe, you know, how you could change things. And and it makes sense because in this teacup, I'll take a picture of it. It looks like someone very well-dressed, somebody who's very rich, um, but they're on their hands and knees. So it's almost like that humility, like, you know, letting yourself come off that high horse and, and be yes. humbled by experiences and such. And then I'm looking here wow. and I'm seeing... It looks like someone with a shovel digging. So putting in the hard work. Mm. Yeah. That's all I'm really seeing. They clump together quite quite well. It almost reminds me of like that six of pentacles. Yes, you're you've come out of that five of pentacles situation, but you still remember what it's like. So you still have, even though you you're balanced, you you may be financially stable or you're at a point where you can share. Like you still remember what it was like to be at that point where you're the one asking for help and you remember those people that helped you. And then now you're at that place where you're, you're so humble, like you're, you're on your knees, but you're like, I'm grateful I can be this, like put together this stable or whatnot. Hmm. I actually love that because then you're coming at you get rid of the hierarchy, then you're just with your peers, even though maybe you've been there, done that, and you're in a teacher position, you're still coming at it in a very non-threatening way. And you're seeing people as your equals. Well, and we're all, I mean, with this, with this exercise, with this spell that you've given us, we're all coming into it from a beginner sort of point of view. I mean, maybe beginner isn't the right kind of, isn't the exact word, but it's like, we're all starting again. Like we're all planting another seed. So we're all coming at it from that same level. 
how can we how can we apply this to like you said, you know, maybe it's even about starting a business, but how else can we see that playing out more practically? I'm trying to think of other examples. I mean, I think you could really it could, apply it to anything, but oh, you could. Well, you could think of a new skill. Um, okay, what's a skill? Let, let's pick cooking because I like food. Oh, so okay, yes. you're trying to learn how to cook. Yeah. So, you know, start, you know, start with craft dinner. Once you get that, then move up to making your own, you know, from scratch mac and cheese. And then, right. you know, building yourself up, building your skills slowly. And it's okay that every once in a while you're going to burn the noodles or, you know, you're going to get the seasoning completely wrong and it's going to taste like crap. <laughs> But that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah. life goes on. You'll figure it out and you'll know better next time. I love I mean, that perfect analogy. I guess we could even apply it to the podcast. You know, we're trying out something new this time. Yeah. Maybe we're going to find that there was certain areas of the show that didn't work out well or we didn't really vibe with or like the listeners weren't really into this or that or whatever. But, you know, we're doing the thing. We're trying it. And then we'll take that experience and you know, take that and use that to plant the next episode. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because then, you know, that's when we can, and staying with that analogy, then we can decide where the sunshine needs to go and what needs more watering and yeah. what can be, you know, yeah, pulled out. I love it. Yeah. See, that's you can, awesome. you can apply these things to that's, yeah. these are little, I don't know, thought nuggets. I just love them because you can just go so through so many different rabbit holes. And that's what I love about mundane magic is because it doesn't take money or anything all it takes is just you know your brain yeah for real I should have asked you this at the beginning I wanted to um when you were just explaining like mundane magic overall and the kind of like it's the it's not the big huge rituals or anything but it's like the everyday kind of thing would you consider the everyday card pull to be mundane magic I think like I would because it's part of your routine okay and but, then but, like I mean, when you're doing like the bigger that. spreads or um, maybe even like doing the the seasonal altars, would that be more of like the Those the are more of your rituals? ceremony. Yeah, your yeah. ceremonies okay. and your rituals and things. So yeah, things that take a lot of prep and, and that aren't something you do every day or, you know, on a weekly basis, whatever. Those things are more your, your ceremony and your ritual. And cool. I mean, they are just as valid as mundane magic and mundane is just as sure. valid as you know the big ones too it's just it's all these different ways that you can just use these energies yeah i would Good love time. to hear from listeners a if they do the seed the actual seed planting um mm -hmm. or like how they're applying this to just everyday situations you know like we just talked about with the podcast or starting a business or learning to cook whatever it might be so yeah yeah or if it's something completely nothing we talked about I would love to know if you know anything else came to mind yeah 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 please share what else it sparked for you for sure yeah and I'm just gonna say if you're planting seeds we're all about you can share some nice photos of that fresh mm. green growth because we are dying for it up here <laughs> oh my god yeah uh-huh uh big time <laughs> yeah. yeah is it still snowy and and gloomy up oh there? yeah I mean, it's mostly oh, yeah. just brown everywhere because it's just muddy. Like it's muddy and it's dirty because oh. we our snow is mostly melted here. But yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, not here. We still have yeah. three to four feet. We we have snow till May though. So I mean, I won't be surprised if we get another big dump of it. But yeah, you know, I hope not for your hopefully sake. Hopefully not. <laughs> 
Elaine is there like, haha. <laughs> I know. Well, it's so funny because the other day we had, we had, it was like 15 degrees or something. So like everybody was outside and like no winter jackets and it was just such a nice day. And then I think maybe two days later, if that, it was like super negative snowing and we were like, no, we're, we, we were done though. So actually, That's rude. Um, we were done. Yeah, it was not cool. That's just rude. <laughs> it was. So so you said 15, one five, and it was yes. like no shirts. That's wild. No, I, I mean, like, like people, people still had shirts. Like, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, like light jackets and it's all good. Right? Oh, but used, we were yeah. like, we Hold were on. pushing our limits. That's 59 though, like, to you. 59 yeah, degrees. Yeah. Yeah. That's 59 degrees to you. So I don't know. Oh, is, okay. is that like fairly mild okay. or? I can do with 59. Okay. Once yeah. it starts getting in the 30s, my bones are like, take me home. <laughs> like, this is not my home. Oh, okay. Jasmine, Elena thought that we meant it was uh, 15 Fahrenheit is actually minus nine to us. <laughs> okay. And minus that, nine ain't so bad either. <laughs> I mean, we can handle it. We're like, not t-shirts. Like, but. Relatively, minus nine is not. Yeah. I mean, we've had like negative 30 this year. So Jesus. Yeah. 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 Which would Medically, be I can't handle it. <laughs> Medically, yeah, minus, like I have a doctor's minus, note. So yeah. Seriously. Yeah, so I yeah. can't come here. <laughs> yeah. Minus nine is when we think about putting on mitts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like if you go out without the extra layer, you're like, well, I am gonna get cold. <sighs> Like, I probably should have worn the scarf, but I think I can manage, you know? So damn stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's like, I mean, negative nine in November is like you're still in denial, you know? Like, so you're still out in the fall jacket. You just have a sweater. Yeah. I swear, like, the one thing we've talked about more than tarot or astrology on this podcast is weather. (laughs) And it's usually the winter weather. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and it's always me like I'm sorry I'm over here in the 70s <laughs> sunning uh, it myself in the it's, it's coming though it's coming it's on its yeah, way it we are not far corner. we are not far yes. mm. it's gonna be good all right well are we ready for some astrology chat yes So again, this is just a, I'm trying something out. I don't know if I'll keep the same format moving forward. We'll see how it kind of goes. I'll get your feedback. I'll get listener feedback. Yeah. I thought I would kick things off by just chatting a little bit about Aries season. So because, I mean, basically our episodes are going to drop on the 22nd of every month. So it's pretty much we're going to be kind of like episode to episode kind of spanning an astrological season or a zodiac season. So it kind of made sense to just start from there. So we do have episodes about Aries and about Astara, which happens on the spring equinox. So if you want more info, definitely go and check out those bonus episodes. But uh, and Elena already mentioned a few of these things, but, you know, Aries season, it's the astrological new year. It is new life. It's the spark. Aries is cardinal fire, so it's really the birth of all things. It's very exciting. It's passionate. Aries season really kicks us into high gear. You know, we're going for it with speed and power. And there is a chance of burnout. Like, Aries energy does burn really hot. 
And your experience with Aries will definitely depend on where it is in your chart. But I think we can all use Aries energy to kind of get something started in our lives. So kind of exciting stuff. Now, an overall picture, kind of a loose structure for Aries season, if you have your birth chart, which you should definitely, I highly recommend getting, obviously, you can get them for free online. You're going to want to look to the houses where Aquarius, Pisces, and Aries fall because that's the part of the chart that's going to have the most action during Aries season. Uh, That's where the most planets are going to be during that span of time. So that's really where things are being highlighted and um, emphasized and all that kind of stuff. So Uh, And then one of my favorite sort of highlights about Aries season is that we have Venus moving into Pisces on April 5th. I think this is going to be a really nice shift in energy because so far in 2022, Venus hasn't really been a super happy planet. It was retrograde when the year when the year started, and it's been really, really close with Mars as of late. Like it's been um, kind of dancing around the wheel with it uh, since it came out of retrograde, and it's not that's not the happiest position for Venus to be in. So once it gets into Pisces, it has very much cleared its little dance with Mars. And Pisces is the sign where Venus is exalted. So it's a really, really happy place for Venus to be. It's like the most luxurious beach day with all the finest seashell jewelries. Um, It's just very lush and enjoyable and comfortable. And that's also where Jupiter is right now. So that means that we're going to have the two most benefic, lovely, beneficial planets in the same sign. So that area of your chart especially is going to get such a boost of, you know, hope, joy, pleasure, maybe a little bit of indulgence and overdoing it as well. So watch out for that. But I don't know, soak it up while you can because it'll only last so long. So I'm all here for Aries season. It's all great energy to me. (laughs) I know you've always loved Aries season. I know that about you. Yeah. 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 It just pumps me up and it hypes me up to want to do things and get shit done. Yeah. Big time. Okay, so next up, I'm going to talk about a few challenging aspects that we're going to have during Aries season, and they're really just a week apart from each other, so we might be kind of feeling it all in that same area of time. So the first one is Mars conjunct Saturn in Aquarius on April 4th, and a conjunction is basically when two planets just meet up at the same place in the same sign. So their energies are coming together for better or for worse, really. And I did want to make note that the last time Mars and Saturn met up in Aquarius was in late March of 2020. So think back to when all the lockdowns were first happening and we were getting some restrictions. So we might be feeling some echoes, but More importantly, what we can take from that is, you know, trying to understand what that means. So Mars and Saturn together really does talk a lot about slowing down, feeling restricted in ways that might be very frustrating because Mars would like to be moving fast and Saturn likes to slow things down, uh, have us thinking about the long term. And so those two energies together can be a little bit conflicting. It can feel like you have to stay inside your house and you can't leave, you know, no matter how badly you want to leave. So 
yeah, having to slow down when you don't want to, you're maybe hitting a roadblock, could be delays. There's very much a conflict between short-term and long-term goals. And something good to remember here is that uh, Saturn is kind of, it's the superior planet in this aspect because it's in its, it's in one of its domiciles. It's in one of its houses when it's in Aquarius. And so Mars is the visiting planet. So really what's going to come out on top is the long term is, you know, putting the work in as opposed to kind of getting that short term, uh, what like long term gain, short term pain, basically. All right. So then the next one, which is happening on April 12th, just kind of a week later, is Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Pisces. The last time Jupiter met up with Neptune was all the way back in 2009. So and I, I believe it was in Aquarius and not Pisces, but you can look back to 2009 and maybe feel some echoes there. You never know. So let's remember that Jupiter is a planet of expansion, growth. Um, its keyword might just be like big, you know, and it likes to seek things out. Neptune is a very sensitive planet. It deals with dreams and delusion. It's very creative, but it's also very cloudy. So it's great for imagination and intuition, but not so great for logic and details and all that kind of stuff. So this conjunction, I think, might be a huge overflow of emotions. It's happening in Pisces. Pisces is super watery. Everything might be coming to the surface at this conjunction. And that might be really good because you might have been holding on to some things for a really long time. Things have been really hard the past two years. So you might need this emotional overflow, but not everyone's going to be into that. And it's not going to feel super good. Like you might need to get it out, but it might also not feel super great. But it might might also be like an overwhelm of opportunity. We might be really excited by something, but kind of uncertain as to why. Facts and logic will definitely be overpowered by dreams and visions. And my recommendation kind of is to, you know, Wherever Pisces is in your chart, try to keep one foot on the ground in terms of those topics. Try not to let yourself be pulled, like swept under all of these waves. Try to stay grounded in whatever way possible. I mean, again, like if you're really needing that emotional release, maybe it's going to be good for you and you should let yourself get swept away in the waves. But again, it's just, it's like so much energy all at once. So for a life jacket. I like that. (laughs) Exactly. 100%. Yes. I like it. <laughs> so the when things conjunct, how long does that usually last? Is that like a few days or is that like a one day thing or a couple weeks? It depends on the planets involved and how quickly they're moving at that time. So okay. I would have to look into it to get more specific details about these ones, okay. which I don't mind doing. That's actually a super interesting question. But with something like, um, let's say like the sun and Mercury were having a conjunction, that would be really quick. Okay. I'm going to assume that the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, we're going to feel that leading up to it, and we're going to feel effects afterwards as well. Because those okay. are two slower-moving planets. Like I said, the last time they met up was in 2009. So, right, yeah. Okay. And then also, because I'm curious how the Saturn and Mars and then the Jupiter and Neptune, how will they like those are just a lot of really interesting energies to have all mixing together at the same time. So I was totally. just curious if they would really have that kind of meld or if one would be just completely done by the time the other one started. I think it probably depends on 
what houses those are in in your chart. But like I said, Aquarius and Pisces, those are two of the houses that are going to have a lot of action throughout Aries season. And I guess it's going to depend on what planets you have there, how those things are interacting with each other, when those plant, like when Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, when those are having those exact conjunctions, those exact aspects. But I do think that they will play into each other in a certain way where like, if anything, I would say the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is a little nicer than the Mars-Saturn one. Like Mars-Saturn, those are two most difficult and challenging planets meeting up. So that house, the Aquarius house, will definitely be feeling the more challenging effects. And it's going to be a lot more stern, a lot more rigid, a lot more like, oh my God, I can't move. Whereas, you know, next door in the Pisces house is going to feel like, holy shit, I can't hold on to anything. Right. So there might be like an area of life that's really, you know, on that lockdown and then another area of life that is just like no boundaries. (laughs) Right. That's exciting. So so what I'm hearing is- How we balance those things, I think. uh, Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is though, is that this is exactly why we would need you to open up astrology services (laughs) so that we can inspire you on (laughs) to explain these things. I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm just plunking that seed in there. You can do with it as you will. Well, thank you for planting it. And I will be okay with however it turns out. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That was a really great question, though. And I'm definitely going to look into how long they'll be close enough, like how long the planets will be close enough to one another that, you know, we'll feel the effects. And I'll definitely write it into the show notes or we'll figure something out. So cool. Okay. Now for some more kind of favorable or beneficial aspects. So the first one I want to talk about is Venus conjunct Saturn in Aquarius happening just a few days after this episode comes out on March 28th. So again, it's the conjunction. It's two planets coming together. Venus is our planet of relationships, uh, art values. It works to like bind and unify things. So bring things together And then we have Saturn, which is a planet of boundaries, restrictions, tightness, and life's lessons. So it's not going to be like the most cheery, joyful, fra-la-la-la-la kind of aspect, but it's really about like commitment and longevity in relationships and making long-lasting plans with other people. It's about finding the substance and the quality in our relationships. And it might be about like You know, I think about sometimes a marriage with Venus and Saturn because we're really making that commitment with somebody that we truly value and want in our lives. It's like kind of putting a boundary around our relationship. Now, it could also mean putting a boundary between yourself and that other person, making a new boundary in the relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean an ending, but it could mean an ending. But if it does symbolize an ending, it's going to be one that's very mature and very aligned with where we want to move forward. Like it's not going to be a heated, fiery breakup like we might get with Mars or something. But Venus Saturn will be like, hey, like we've realized that we've come to this place and it's no longer working and I have respect for you and you have respect for me. But, you know, we need to make space for these other things in our lives. So again, not the cheeriest, not the brightest, but I think like when it comes to relationships, this is going to really help us to solidify and strengthen the ones that are really important to us and be able to let go of the ones that are no longer working. It's kind of a relationship restructuring, an opportunity to do that. 
So then my final one, uh, my final aspect for the astro chat is Mercury in Taurus, sextile Venus and Pisces on April 17th. So the sextile aspect is a very happy, joyful, playful, harmonious aspect. It really helps two houses in your chart come together, free-flowing energies. They're working with one another. It's like two people holding hands and skipping down the street. It's very sweet. It's a very, very sweet aspect. And this one is particularly sweet because while Mercury is in Taurus, it's ruled by Venus because Venus rules Taurus. And Venus is currently in Pisces, the place of its exaltation. So Mercury is a very, very happy Mercury right now, as is uh, Venus. So they're, it's just, it's very auspicious, very beneficial. Like there's a lot of joy. Things are very sweet, affectionate, and friendly. There's definitely a romantic quality to this pairing, though it doesn't necessarily have to be. It might kind of depend on where, um, uh, where Taurus and Pisces are in your chart. There's a very pleasant quality to our interactions during this aspect. It's a great time to express words of affection or to share a gesture of sweetness, to show our gratitude to somebody, to send a thoughtful gift or a thoughtful message. It's just a great day overall for being in connection and for getting on the same page as somebody else. And if there's a conversation you've kind of been waiting to have, but you know that you need like a little bit of sweetness on your side for the conversation, this might be a great day to do that because I think it'll just be in the air and harmony will kind of be on your side. So that is Mercury sextile uh, Venus on April 17th. That sounds adorable. It is a very adorable aspect. Yeah. Like, okay. So all I could think of when you were talking about, you know, just skipping down the street and holding hands, all I could think was, it was Elena walking little Fred, well, not little Fred, but Freddie down the street. (laughs) And they're just enjoying their time being very big Fred. Yeah. That's all I could think of was just the two of you walking down the street and just, yeah. Totally. Him walking me. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so think about where um, Taurus and Pisces are in your chart and like how those two areas of life, you know, how you can use that to your advantage to kind of bring that very sweet, harmonious, skipping down the road energy to those areas of life. I have a quick question. No, this may be stupid. No. This may be dumb, but Mm -hmm. I get so confused with houses and stuff. But, you know, when you say look to where like a sign is in your chart, like how Pisces is in your chart. Um, you're talking about how the charts, the wheel, and then yeah. you know how the signs are around the wheel. Yep. So if there's nothing there where Pisces is, I mean, but we're all affected by the signs, right? In some yes. aspect, right? Okay. So how would I know like where Pisces would be in my in my chart, I guess, is where I'm going with it. Okay. So you have your chart in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look to the left side, the leftmost side, and that will be your rising yes. sign. So, yep. for example, like that's where Scorpio would be. You'll see the symbol for Scorpio for me. That's my rising sign. And then I would just like, you know, look throughout the wheel and look to see where the Pisces symbol is. And you can just like Google, Uh, you can just go on the internet and Google what all the little symbols are, right? But actually anywhere you get your chart, it should have sort of like a little legend off to the side or something that will explain what each uh, symbol means or what each symbol stands for. And then the house that has Pisces, then that, then yeah, that's the house that has Pisces. (laughs) 
Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Cause all those okay, little good. symbols always throw me off. So now I know to pay attention to not only the planets, but like the yes. signs. Big yeah. time. Thank yes. you. And just really quickly, going back to something that you said when you were like, if there's nothing there, I'm not sure if you meant if you have no planets in Pisces or if maybe you don't right. have, because some people might be looking at a chart that's not using whole sign houses. I highly recommend whole sign houses. You can listen to some of our bonus episodes about why I recommend that. It's just, it's such an easy chart to read. It's like a no brainer, but you know, you have every single sign in your chart. And even if you don't have planets there, it's still ruling a house. So it's still ruling an area of your life and planets still move through that sign. So you're still getting affected by that more collective energy. So don't worry if you don't have anything in Pisces because you're still getting the benefits of, you know, Venus in Pisces or the Mercury sextile Venus. Like it's still there for you. Got it. Thank you. No, great question. Not stupid at all. All right. Well, listeners, if you have any questions, obviously feel free to reach out. I would love to elaborate or clarify on any of that stuff that I just brought up. Let's get into our tarot topic. Yeah. Let's yes. do it. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, we are still going to chat about the major arcana cards, but just in a bit of a different way than we had initially discussed. Like we were going to kind of move through card by card, basically, but we've decided to approach the majors from the point of view of the vertical lines. So for people that aren't familiar, you can basically lay out the major arcana in sort of three lines of seven. So you would go from like the magician to the chariot. And then strength to temperance and then the devil to the world. I think I got that right. But anyways, wow. you would have those That's three impressive. lines. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd have three lines of seven. But in that respect, then you would also have seven lines of three. And I think people have moved through the, the seven, the three lines of seven more than we've moved through the seven lines of three. So I thought that would be fun. I pitched it to the ladies. They were into it. So that's what we're going to do. And we're probably not going to move in any particular order. For example, we're starting right at the end of those lines with our first episode because yeah. we're kicking things off with the we chariot. We do what we want. That's right. We just, we make our <laughs> own sad rules. Energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I just told, I just told my daughter a few days ago, I hate rules. I can't stand rules. And I know sometimes they're good, but sometimes they're stupid. It's so funny to me. Like, I know just because I know your chart, I know your Sag energy is so mm. vibrant and powerful. You have so much going it on is. there, but you're also I a Capricorn know. rising, which Capricorn yes. is like the mm. ultimate like rule follower, rule maker, rule lover. And so it's just, it's so interesting <laughs> how that happens. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> like Elena will follow the rules as long as the rules make sense. Extent. Thank you. That Thank makes you. perfect sense. That's a great reading. Thank you. Yes. If, That's exactly yeah. my If there's life. not a good like, enough reason behind it, then fuck the rules. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I feel. And I think that's been my problem at, at these jobs that like you want me to do something, but it sounds stupid as fuck. Explain <laughs> to me, enlighten me. Like maybe I'm missing something and then maybe I'll do it. You know, like... <laughs> 
That's, That's incredible. Just stupid as fuck. I love that. I mean, you want me to do this, but it sounds so fucking stupid. So yeah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> For real, make me. Oh my god! Try again. Come at me with a new reason. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, we're taking that energy, applying it to our podcast, not following any rules, making our own rules, and we're kicking things off with the chariot, temperance, and the world. So, Elena, take it away. Talk to us about these cards. I'm excited. I know know the chariot's your best friend. Oh, (laughs) BFF. (laughs) That's your bestie. But I, I love that we're starting with this card because... It's perfect to what we were talking about in the very beginning when we were kind of catching up um, as to what we've all been doing and what, you know, you mentioned earlier um, in the off chat, we've all just been kind of doing our own thing. And I think rediscovering different things about ourselves. And like, I know for me, I, it's like rediscovering um, that I want to take a new direction. So I think with the chariot, it's just having that willpower and that and that courage to change something and just keep going in on that in that direction and going into the direction of the temperance it's it's like that it gives me chills in a way because the temperance card is just that it's like you're meeting at this place of balance and meeting at this place of okay I'm here I made it I need to regroup and let's get back, let's get back together, talk about what worked, what didn't work, you know, and it, it and not even just applying it this, but just like applying it in your life. Like you're on this chariot, you're on your path. And then you, you stop, you meet at the temperance, you take a break, you re-energize, look at what worked, what didn't, what can I change? And then you keep going and then you're at the world and you see yourself at a full circle and you look back and you're like, yep, I'm so glad I made that change. I'm so glad I had the courage and the strength. I wasn't like, I was fearless in that chariot mode, that chariot energy. And I'm now opening myself up to like a new reality, a new path. I feel like once we, um, face our fears and say yes to something, accept it and go. We're literally walking from like one reality into a new one because you're shifting the energies. Yeah. So that's what I feel like with the chariot. Yeah. I, so I had suggested that we start with these three cards because it felt so much like the journey that we were going through with the podcast. Like, I love that you said the confidence to move forward with something. I've never heard that said about the chariot and that, I mean, honestly, the more I've thought about the chariot for this episode, the the I like it a little more. Okay, like you yeah. know, like <laughs> it's it's growing on me. I still have yet to see like a an artistic depiction that like really resonates with me, but that is what it is. But yeah, the chariot really feels like this precipice. Like, where are we going next? Who's coming with us? What are we bringing with us? Are we willing to? see what's out there, even if it means leaving something behind. And so that really reflected to me how we were kind of like, it's not the right time for the show. You know, we need to kind of step aside from it for now. We need to see kind of what else needs to come into our lives. And I really, again, I want to go back to that word confidence because I think without that confidence, 
we would have been like, no, we we need to keep doing the show, though, because people really like it and people tell us they want us to come back and we have to keep doing it. And it's like we had to do a move that was for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that you brought that up, too, because one of like our our whole like what do you call it? like our tagline, whatever is like real people, real like it wouldn't yes. be real. It wouldn't be authentic if right. we were just pushing mm. it and you know, just doing it because we felt like we had to, then we can't show up properly. I love to stick to everything being real as much as I can and being authentic. And I think that chariot energy is what way of being authentic, of just embodying the chariot and doing something because you know that that's you and you know, it feels right. And you're not doing something else because someone else is expecting it or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking the reins. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking the reins. That's a big one. Yeah. The one chariot that I do relate to, and you might, I don't know if you've seen it um, or listeners, um, it's from the everyday witch tarot. It's just like a witch on like a little motorbike, but she has her cat on the side too, buckled in. Oh, like a sidecar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to oh, show these cards in the chat because this is the only one that like, I can, I can, I can mess with. I, I like that. One. Right. Yeah. Everybody's hating on my chariot. I love my chariot. Okay. Tell us why you love the chariot. Yes. Tell us. I, it's just like, it's so empowering. It's like, I'm in control. It's my turn to decide where we're going. Nobody else is going to take the wheel from me. And it's, it's almost like that pause before a new adventure. Like they're, it's not in motion. It's not moving. Right. It's just like, exploring the possibilities and deciding where the next step should be. And I just, I just like, I just love that vibe of like anything is possible. It means that you're in charge. Nobody mm-hmm. else gets to tell you where you're going. And I like that feeling too. That it's, it's all about what I want now. Like there's nobody else in the image with me. I, I think there's a real through line with the chariot temperance and the world of kind of standing still a little bit. Like you said, there's the possibility of what's coming next, but we're not actually quite there yet. Yeah, I like it. I I mean, this is kind of dipping into my recommendation uh, for later, but I there's an account on Instagram called Politics of Tarot that's been looking Ooh. at the court cards in a very interesting way. And, you know, for example, they they're saying that what if you looked at all of the knights as kind of just extensions of the chariot and the way that they talked about the chariot energy was it's really interesting that in so many of these depictions we see sort of more male or masculine figures and we might consider them to be quite tenacious and yet with the moon and cancer and that correspondence with the card we use the keyword clingy but like clingy and tenacious are pretty much the exact same thing with different connotations. And I love that reframing. So like that's that. also making me like the chariot a lot more. Oh, I love that. I, about it. I do like that. Yeah. I, and you know, I'm all about extensions of cards, just like yes. how I feel about. Yes. Oh, I love it. Big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about temperance? Yeah. Of course, I love the temperance. It's such card. Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah. So we've got Jekinovia's card for cancer, Elena's card with temperance. Yeah. Saj. So Mm -hmm. 
temperance, I really feel it's about blending and um, alchemizing and also kind of getting rid of too, so that you can bring in, like fill in your cups and blend in with what you want, work with the energies that you want and get rid of the uh, energies around your space or the things or set boundaries or whatever, so that you can create that balance that you want for yourself and that peace that you want for yourself. It, for some reason, reminds me of the star card a lot. Um, and I, yeah. I get those two, um, not confused, but like I, every time I see the temperance, I think of the star and I always think of like, how do I want my balance or my peace to look like? Like, what does that mean for me? Um, and so, yeah, that's what I think about, like with the, in short, like with the temperance, um, it's just like blending or working with someone to get either to get something done or to get back into balance. So sometimes you may need that like additional support team or that mental health, some, you know, professional or whatever it is that you need to do to get yourself back to where you were. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, this is kind of off topic with this, but Lately, this card has been showing up and 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 um, tying it to overindulging and like drinking and mm. like yeah, and so um, that I don't know why I just felt like that um, has popped up a lot, and I think sometimes it can get overlooked in readings. Um, it's just like being mindful of what is it that brought you out of, out of this, like out of, you know, this state of where you don't feel like yourself and you don't feel like, you know, you don't, you have one cup here and it's not as full as this, or they're not blending together. This isn't working. Like, how did I get here? Well, I like that a lot because if we're looking to the correspondence uh, of temperance with Sagittarius, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is you know, there's always the risk of overindulgence with Jupiter. Like Jupiter loves to go big or go home. So that totally makes sense. But I actually wanted to ask you too, and I maybe we can go back to, to Jackanovia on this for the chariot, but like, how do you see, if you see uh, temperance and Sagittarius interacting, how, like, how do you see that playing out? And I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So no pressure. Oh, with how do I see my, like a Sagittarius in the temperance card? Yeah. I mean, like you're, There's, because you're, you know, you're our Sagittarius authority. So I got to go to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, well, I see this card as, yes, it, it, and I know it's a Sagittarius card and I don't always see myself in this card, if that makes sense. But in terms of me with that card, like for, I guess, and for me, my Sagittariusness, um, I would say be, I'm that kind of person where like we, going back to what we said, I need things to make sense to me. And so when something doesn't really make sense to me, it throws me off or like, I need the energies to be either not the same, but like, we all need to kind of, I need to be around all the same kind of, kind of people. Like, and that's what the temperance to me is that balance of, um, that energy where it's, it's peace. It's kind, it's like flowing. There's no disruption. And I can't speak for all Sagittarius, but I know like, I, I can't like, 
it it takes a lot to when we're out of balance where something throws us off it takes a lot to come back to that so I think maybe the temperance card is now I'm thinking about it I think it's a good sign of how important it is to be mindful of that and be mindful of of um, how it is what happens when we can get thrown off and maybe not be so hard on when things don't go our way like maybe it's also letting go of that need for things to go our way or things to go the way we say it's going to go because we say it's going to go and we don't like sudden like oh shoot this is popping up and now we're all like off balance so maybe that's a a good sign for the for me um with the temperance yeah I think about that one for a bit I dig that I love it well yeah before we move forward with more temperance stuff Jekinovia do you see much of a connection between cancer and the chariot I do in several ways. So, I mean, there's obviously, there's the obvious, like the intuition with the moon and and the stars and, you know, that kind of thing. But I really find as a cancer son, I can say it's really easy to get swept up in other people's stuff, in other people's emotion, because you feel so deeply what other people around you are feeling that sometimes you can't tell what's you and what's not. Mm, And I find with the chariot, it's almost like taking that energy back in and you're on this solid because you notice that the chariots, there's water in the background or it might be sitting over the water, but it's on a solid. It looks like a concrete or stone thing. So it's like that stability with all this emotion around you. So it's almost like that solace and you're in control of your emotions. You're in control of where you're going with it. And it's almost like that coming back into yourself rather than letting other people's stuff take over. Mm. I love that too, because in the chariot, we see, I mean, if we're talking Smith weight deck, there's like visual elements from the cards that come before it. And so that's Mm -hmm. like that literal representation of taking on other people's shit, (laughs) which like sometimes that's okay. Right. But then there's that idea of the chariot being the precipice where it's like, cool. So what can I, what do I actually want to take with me? Yeah. What can I leave? And yeah. And there's a lot of like basically stopping and going, okay, like for instance, you know, I don't know, your best friend's going through a breakup. Well, of course you want to empathize and you want to help them through it and and stuff, but you also need to take that step back and understand that they need to go through it themselves. You can't Mm. take them, but they need to be able to do it themselves. So it's again, coming back into that, setting your boundary, standing for a minute and that was the first example that came to mind, but something, right. you know, along those lines. Yeah. Yep. I relate to all that as a cancer moon. And you just made me realize about taking on thing, other people's shit. Cause I do that a lot. Oh man. And it, yeah. It's a detriment. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's you end up. It's really tough with a cancer. Well, I think cancer placements, but yeah, cancer moon too, because the moon rules cancer. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, there is, there's a time and a place. Cause I mean, if somebody crosses your best friend, of course you want to take, you're going to be angry for, for them sure. because then for you sure. can back them up and stand up for them or for a cause or something. But yeah, you know, if followed by the temperance, it's really important to keep that in check, you know? Yeah. Well, so going back to temperance, then this was kind of the next stage. Like when I was looking at these three cards and kind of relating it to our experience with stepping away for the hiatus of the podcast and then coming back, like the temperance kind of felt like I really do subscribe to sort of the Lindsay Mack school of thinking or whatever, when it comes to temperance of it being like 
a card about co-creating with spirit, with the universe, with whatever you want to call it, of being like, I'm going to do this much and I'm going to trust that the universe will fill in the gaps and I'm going to trust the timing of things. Um, And that's kind of where I see the blending happening. Like I'm giving of myself, but I'm also like trusting that the path will then, you know, be formed for me because I'm, I'm putting in the work. The universe is going to show up for me, right? I'm showing up for the universe. It'll show up for me. So then the temperance was kind of like that next phase, like, oh, all of a sudden, like when we were open to it and like just trusting that it would come back when it was meant to, Jack and Ovi and I all of a sudden were having a conversation during a bonus episode and we were like, hey, is that the idea for the show? And then we like pitched it to Elena and Elena was on board and it all kind of felt like it was falling into place and we were blending elements of the old show with, you know, new things that we wanted to explore. And so that really felt like the the next step in the little journey, I guess. Yeah. I th- yeah. I feel like it kind of gave us permission. You know, we gave ourselves permission to just transform because we're not one dimensional. We're not just tarot people. We do so many different things. Yeah. And I think it's important that we expand. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Sagittarius. That's expansion for sure. So, well, Jekinovia, do you have any other temperance thoughts or, or even Elena, do you have anything else or should we move on to the world? I think you guys covered it. I mean, the only thing I can add to temperance is like, I'm looking at the Smith weight deck, of course, and there's so much concentration. And if you look like the illumination around the head is with the illumination of, I think it's the sun or it's some bright, I don't know, God light or something in the sky. So it's very in tune. So, and they've got their eyes closed. So they're not, they're not overthinking it. They're doing what they feel is right. They're figuring it out. They're feeling it out. And there's nobody else around them telling them, what they should or shouldn't be doing so love it let's do the world all right and it's the perfect card like because we're talking about coming back together and the world to me it's about like being fulfilled or just like this big fulfillment of completing something or like being in um like harmony or unity and so I feel like for us just um coming together with ideas thoughts blending everything together and now we're here recording this first episode, trying things out. It's like we've never really left. Like it still feels, the energy still feels like yesterday, you know, like we just recorded a week ago or yesterday or whatever. Like the harmony is still there. I feel like it's such big energy. Like there's just like yeah. either something's coming full circle or you've just accomplished like this big goal. And you're just like you said earlier, I think you said standing still. I feel like this energy is heavy and big in a positive way, but it's just standing still. And you're just appreciating where you've come from, being proud of the work that you've been doing, proud of what you've overcome to get to where you are and celebrating the wins. Even if um, they're little wins, I think even the little wins are very important to celebrate because it builds that momentum and it keeps us going like in our chariot mode so that we can keep pushing through and keep going on along in our path. And then seeing again, like what we've learned along the way and the, pro- the progress that we've made so far. Yeah, totally. I love, I mean, I, I don't know why I've never thought about it like this before, but the idea that it is a portal. I mean, when you look at the Smith weight, 
version, this figure is like in this circle thing that could definitely be a portal, like going Mm -hmm. from one place to the other. It makes so much sense. But it's such a, you're right, Elena, like this energy feels big. I mean, it's the end of the major arcana. Like you've been through, if you're looking at the journey in a linear fashion, you've been through all of it. And it's, that's huge. Like why not take a moment to or a few months or a year or however long you need yeah. to be in that space of like, I just did this thing or these many things. And like, I don't, I don't need to move ahead yet. Like I can just be here enjoying that, reflecting on it, having gratitude for it. And in that way, it's like such a liminal space, which is so powerful. Yeah. Like, I feel like you know, you can't stay in that space forever, just like you can't stay in anyone's space forever. But I feel like we don't enjoy that space enough and we maybe don't see the magic in it enough. Like how cool to just be suspended in that space where you're yeah. both here and there, Ooh. done like the and beginning. Yes. It's like, think of it like you're at the top of, of a, a roller coaster. You know, you're going Oof. up really, really slow. It's, you know, you're up there and then you're right. And you, you, there's that pause and you know, yeah. it's going to be fun and scary yeah. and exciting. Yeah. But, you know, you just enjoy that moment. That is perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really cool. And I mean, I think the world can represent so many other things in terms of like cycles and, um, starting new and and all that kind of thing but yeah, yeah that space and also too in the smithwaite version we've got all four fixed zodiac signs so like fixed fixed energy you're in that space it's so good i like too i with the world the thing i think i like the most about it is that one thing needs to end for another thing to be in you can't you only have two mm-hmm. hands so you need to decide if what you want do you want to stay where you are which is fine or is it time to let go of something so you can, you know, grab onto something else? And maybe it's time to let go with both hands so you can grab on with both hands. Ooh. So I just, I like that energy behind it. Yeah. They all kind of have that vibe too, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it probably makes sense True. that they all come at the end of a line, right? Of the yep. three lines of seven. They're all kind of the end of a particular part of a journey. So they all come with that energy of like, what are we carrying to the next phase? Yeah. What are we leaving behind? Oh, it's yeah, so it's, true. it's like it's like taking that breath like that before you yes. keep going, before you jump in. It's that breath right there in that chariot card, right before, mm-hmm. okay, I'm about to take off. And then the temperance that comes right after the devil. So that's after working through whatever yeah things that you've just gotten through because that's heavy heavy energy yeah so again um, take a breath so yeah. yeah so wow I never Love really it. realized that yeah I mean mm-hmm. that's why I'm super excited to look at the cards in this way I mean it just adds a new layer I mean we could really just pick any three cards from the majors and you know yeah. talk about them all together but it is interesting to think about their actual placement within the deck and how yeah. that changes the perspective and what new insights that brings and yeah yeah we also just talk about the world like 
if we're looking at a story, hear me and my stories, like, yes, I want to hear your story. <laughs> yes. The chariot, you know, all on the go, like this person, you know, is probably been doing some shit, just like really working hard, just not really take, not take, not that they're not taking care of themselves, but they're just, maybe they're haven't had that time. And then I feel like with the temperance, they're like, okay, I'm making that time, taking care of everything, getting back to myself, feeling good. And then when I see the world, she looking kind of sexy there in that picture. Like she's <laughs> feeling herself. Like she's a yeah. new her, her. Like it's almost like you come full circle and you're a whole new person at the end of that journey. 100,000%. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also like, again, just assume that we're looking at Smith Wait. We know Elena is also looking at Everyday Witch. It's called Everyday mm-hmm. Witch, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But in the, yeah, in the Smith Wait, I mean, the figure does not have clothes on. So it's a very freeing, very new energy. Like we come into the world naked. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. we don't have all those trappings of clothing and, you know. Yeah. And shamelessness masks. too. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Freedom. I mean, and like vulnerability too, but not necessarily vulnerability in the way where like you feel uh, like you have to go into your little chariot shell, your cancer crab chariot shell, but vulnerability in the way of like, this is me. Deal. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's often a space we can only come to after being through some shit. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I just the main thing was that I was getting the whole vibe was is like movement's really important, but only at like this moderate and sustainable speed. Like it's I get a lot of that kind of it's not the destination that counts, it's the adventure. Mm. So, you know, those mm. kinds of things. And it's like having this daring explorer spirit, but with this really healthy dose of responsibility and foresight too, which in the end is really fulfilling. Um, so like an example would be the idea of like a planned spontaneous vacation. So you save your money, you get your passport, you plan to go to the airport on a certain date, you got enough cash that you can afford hotels and food and whatever else you need, but you don't have a destination in mind. You pick a random flight when you get there, but you've had the foresight to make sure that your adventure is safe and you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So like, that's kind of the vibe I get. And then at that point, you get to see the world. You get to like hold on to the world. And then I feel like also the chariot energy kind of hits the temperance and sometimes feels like they're rolling through that really thick molasses. But this circles back kind of into enjoying the journey. Slow down. Don't be in such a hurry. Um, you'll, you, you know, you'll get to where you're going. But in the meantime, like that's when life happens. Life doesn't happen at the end of the road. Life happens on yeah. the road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Yes. That's the kind of stuff I was getting. I really feel that, like, that was such a great example. And I, <laughs> personally, I would have never, ever thought about that because it sounds terrifying to not know my destination <laughs> before I go to the airport. <laughs> I've thought of doing that, though. Yeah. Well, I could I totally of- see you doing that. I could, you know, honestly, I'm okay with it. As long as I know I have somewhere to sleep and there's food close by, I'm down to go anywhere. Which is totally part of this idea. Yeah. Yeah. One day. 
But yeah, that was an incredible example just to bring all of those energies together. Yeah. Any other final thoughts for these three cards? I was just thinking, so we talked about Cancer corresponding with Chariot, Sagittarius corresponding with Temperance. Usually we see Saturn uh, being paired up with the world. And I guess that would, I mean, I guess I, I understand it. Like Saturn is the planet that we can, it's the last planet that we can see still with the naked eye, which is why it kind of took on some of the significations like boundaries and limits and restrictions. And I don't necessarily know that I feel that tightness though with the card of the world, but I guess I understand it in terms of like, that's as far as you can kind of go in this particular set of cards. And then you kind of got to go back to the fool, let's say. So it kind of makes sense in that way, but I don't know that I would, I don't know. Correspondences are funny like that. Sometimes they really work nicely. Sometimes they're not quite there, but yeah. Yeah, I could see it. All right. Well, we will have to chat about what three cards we're going to cover next. Although I am thinking now that I realize we did can- the Cancer and uh, Sagittarius cards, I'm wondering if we do the line with the Scorpio card in it next yeah. just to, you know, round it all out. <laughs> well, yeah, because then you have to share with us how it, how it fits. Yes. Yeah, I have many thoughts on that for sure. <laughs> so now we're going to move into our little recommendations and things we love sections so jackanovia did you want to kick us off yeah i it's funny that we're kind of going back to the whole topic of like going back to the basics and starting over and and that you know renewed look at something you've done before and it's just overdone because I don't have a specific recommendation it's just that I've been really like tuning in shameless pun I'm not sorry um to some (laughs) like music magic I'm really like I'm cranking music on my headphones like I'm talking like teenager style can't hear the world around me and just amazing feeling it and kind of basing what I'm listening to on my mood. So I'm not the kind of person, I don't like listening to the radio. And it's it's not a control thing. It's just because I know that music kind of sets my tone. Mm-hmm. So if it's something I don't like, it actually will irritate me if, it, mm-hmm. if a song comes or if I hear it too many times. So I don't listen to the radio. So I've that. just been, I've been taking that step back and just taking notice of how it's interacting with my energy and kind of what songs I'm choosing and then how I'm using it. Like intuitively, like I'll pick songs like, for example, I've been feeling like high strung yesterday and today. We were kind of talking. It's been not a terrible week. It's just a lot going on. Yeah. And so I went with some really big, big sounds. Like I'm talking Three Days Grace and stuff like Nirvana. And it really helped me kind of like really shake out the frustration and the stress. And yeah, I got through and I haven't felt that, you know, that tense in your chest kind of feeling. So like it's really easy to forget how powerful music can be and the effect it has on our mood. So that's that's where I'm at right now. So that's my recommendation is make yourself a playlist for each of your moods and kind of see Ooh, see what works and what mood doesn't. Lists. Yeah. I love that. Here's a question and I'll cut it if you're not interested, but would you do you have playlists that you'd be willing to share? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. All right. I actually have one that I made. It's called Sing It Loud. I'll Love share it. that one. Okay, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
Yeah, I like that. Nice. All right. So I already kind of mentioned mine a little bit ago, but my recommendation is for the Instagram account Politics of Tarot. Uh, As I mentioned, this account has been looking at the court cards through the lens of the – so actually, it's through the lens of the three cards that we looked at today plus the fool. So connecting the fool with the pages, the chariot with the knights, temperance with the queens, and the world with the kings. But it's just – it's been so interesting to read their thoughts on this. Like, as I mentioned before, the stuff with the knights and the chariot totally opened my mind to feeling a little bit more comfortable with the chariot. And I just think court cards are so sticky for people. And I'm always here for new ways of interpreting them and new ways of looking at them and making it just like not such a sticky subject for people, especially, I mean... I don't bristle so much at the idea of calling them kings and queens and stuff. Like, it's not my favorite. I certainly love when people have new takes on them. But I think stripping the court of their, like, hierarchy is also super important and really, really worthwhile. So I highly recommend – like, the account is great anyway, but the sort of study that they've been doing as of late has been super interesting. So politics of tarot. I'm adding that one to my list yeah i've not heard of them so thank you what have you got for us elena i am currently loving two things talking about going back to the beginnings i've started to really play with crystals again and i'm obsessed with um this uh, crystal that i have and i followed this account um for a while now and i want to pull up the name so i say it right um, but it's the Starton uh, family crystals. And I've, I've been buying a lot of my crystals through them, but because they seem to find a lot of um, rare ones I've never seen before. Cool. And the energy of them is just freaking, it's nuts. So this crystal, I posted about it not too long ago in my stories. The I could be saying this wrong. The Morian Quartz um it's, uh, it's, so uh, there's a story about, um, Lemore, I'm probably saying this wrong. Um, Jekinovia, help me out if I'm butchering the name, but, uh, this, um, of Lemurian people, they say they, there was this, like ha- how Atlantis sunk. Lemuria oh, was yeah, one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, their location is like the Pacific. So like, uh, out towards like that, like more that way I can't really explain my geography right now but (laughs) there's there have said to have lived in Mount Shasta in California which is a place that I have been drawn to since I was a kid and um so I've been really working um with that crystal and I've always worked with it when I do my tarot readings I use it to channel my guides so that I can get the downloads because what is said is that the Lemurian people worked with crystals and they Um, made these crystals in those mountains and they implanted all their codes and downloads into them and just holding that crystal like no lie like not sounding weird but it just feels different than my other ones no cap it's it just I I love the energy of that crystal and just talking about it is giving me chills so that's another thing that I've been just discovering about myself is going back to the very beginning when I first uh, started on like my spiritual path is 
the first thing that I resonated with is being a starseed and being, and I've heard that term that I, and I've had heard it before that I resonate with being Lemurian. I can't say that word, Lemurian, whatever, but I need to learn how to say it. I've just heard it said, I've heard it said Lemurian, but that's, that's that's yeah, I have issues with pronouncing stuff. So I mean, you're saying it though, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? As so long as you're connecting. Yes. And then as long as you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, so just connecting back to that and just researching and studying more on where they came from and seeing if I resonate more with that lineage because I truly feel like there's something there for me. So it's that account, uh, starting family crystals. You should check them out on Instagram. They're always doing story sales and like crystal lives. The prices are pretty good and the customer service is on point. It's just, it's a family. So it's, it's just, it's cool. It's, I really love supporting local businesses. They're in California. They're only like an hour away from me. So I get my shipment quick. Um, so <laughs> I'm a happy girl. Yeah. <laughs> so crystals and the everyday witch tarot. I'm obsessed with this deck and I've had it for a while. I just, for, I, I don't know. I forget I have these things and then I realize I have it. Well, I'm you like, have oh like 140,000 decks. So I'm not I surprised know. you forgot about one. <laughs> I know. And I remember like this one, I resonate the most with more than the modern witch tarot Yeah. because I, yeah, I just feel like this is, if I were not that I'm not a witch, but like, this is what I would want to look like and be like, this deck is like, basically when I was a kid and I told myself when I grow up, I'm going to be a witch. This is what I wanted to be. Like my life is in this deck. Like, yeah. Aww. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So my inner child's she happy. Mm-hmm. Aww. That's adorable. Yes. So sweet. I know. Well, we will put both of those uh, Instagram accounts in the show notes as well so everybody can find them. And we'll put a link to Jekinovia's playlist as well. Super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's it for the first episode of season three. We're here. We did it. We're back. We're back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was a lot of fun. It was was so fun. I know. I missed you. I missed everyone. Yeah. I missed coming together in this way to to put this out. And I can't wait to see what people think. And Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. As we said before and a few times throughout, like, we'd love to hear your feedback on this new format, what you're digging, what you're not so into. Let us know. Uh, Where can everybody find you guys? Are you guys on you're on Instagram right now. I know, Jackanovia, you're a little kind of here and there on it, but I see some stories. Yeah, every once in a while. I am on Instagram. I'm back. I'm not going to leave. I I figured out I need to be posting things and sharing my light. So I am still on Instagram. Um, And then also a lot of, I've been a lot on TikTok lately. So you can find me over there with TikTok shenanigans. And I'm trying to go more live on there and trying to get that fear out of the way so that I can go more, go live more. Love that. What are you doing? Just card polls or? Yeah, just card polls, um, general card polls. Or if someone has a question, um, I'm down for a question, a basic question, yes or no question, a love question, career. I just don't do like pregnancy or family planning or legal issues. But other than that, 
free carpools. Amazing. Okay. That's well, fun. I mean, yeah, I'm going to obviously link to everybody's socials in the show notes. I was going to ask if we've got anything else going on that we want to chat about, but kind of sounds like that's what you've got going on, Elena. Jacanova, I know you're super busy with you know, your real day job. So I don't know if you've yeah. got anything else going on. My real but... day job that sounds fake to most people when I tell them about it. <laughs> but it's 100% real <laughs> but and it very is cool. Legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So someday I'll share. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's pretty much it. Just podcast and, and, and work and coming into growing season. So things are going to get real busy and there'll be more photos of me on my forest walks in the morning Yay. now that Yay. Yeah, I'm so, looking forward to yeah. those. <laughs> You're looking forward to those. <laughs> I know. I'm sure you, you are so much more. Yeah. I, I am. Itching. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where we're at. Amazing. And I, I'm sure people already know by now, but if you're new, I also have another podcast called Damn Fine TV. We're currently covering Twin Peaks, but we're also doing, we put out other episodes from time to time on other TV shows. And we also have a YouTube channel now where we're covering more movies and we have a Patreon where we're doing a bunch of stuff. So if you're into TV, definitely come and check us out. That's what I've got going on. I don't know that we really know what's coming up for next month yet. We kind of still have to get together and plan these episodes out. But I can tell you that yeah. it will be we'll be looking ahead to Taurus season. I know that for sure. And yeah, we'll have another three major arcana. Jackanovia will have another mundane magic topic. Yeah, more tea leaves. Yeah. More tea leaves. Yeah. Actually, we had kind of discussed that behind the scenes that we might do more of an interactive kind of thing with uh, tea leaf reading. So definitely oh, yeah. listeners, let us know. Is that something you would want to see on like an Instagram live or something like that? Let us know. Yeah, definitely. That would be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, because we did talk about that doing, you know, coffee grounds and tea leaves and yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yes. else. Yeah. Let's do okay, it. I'm here for it. All right. Well, that's it. That's season three, episode one. Done. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, Welcome back. back. All right, we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.